What's the most common piece of advice that Christians get, that Christians give each other? A few different options, probably, but I bet for most of us, read your Bible would have to be way up there. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Read your Bible. Open up, look at pages, see words, take it in, right? And yet, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who find that reading their Bible is anything but easy, especially developing a discipline and a habit of reading the Bible is anything but easy and rewarding and fulfilling and all the things that we want it to be and and think it should be. So I sat down with David Pallison today to ask the question of how do you come to the Bible in a way that is personally significant and enriching? Hope you find it helpful. You are listening to a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. CCEF is committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and many more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. Hi, welcome to CCEF On The Go. I'm your host, Alastair Groves, a faculty member here at CCEF. Today I'm speaking with David Pallison, a fellow faculty member and our executive director. David, we've done this a few times before. It's great to have you back. It is always a pleasure, Alistair. Um, I uh, was hoping to speak a bit more personally today in our focus. The, the question on the table for me is this. We have this conference coming up this fall in October on, on living scripture. We've said a bit about, about what we mean by that, but one of the key things that um, I'm wanting us to focus on as we prepare and as we lead up to, to the conference is thinking about how is scripture impacting you personally? How do you bring your life to Scripture? How does Scripture come to you in, in your life? And, and so I wanted to start with um, a very broad question, which is just, will you say a little bit about your own personal devotional life? What does it mean sure. for you to, to come to Scripture? How do you do that? What does that look How like do for David yeah, Day by day. Uh, it's a great question, and it's actually got a number of layers to it. The, uh, I think this might seem like an odd way to start the answer, but I have a Bible that has wide margins and I write in my Bible all the time and I underline and I highlight, get one of those dry markers that's color and I mark up scripture. I think about it. I, I try to understand it. I jot down things I might hear someone else say. I jot down my own thoughts. I try to make application. That, that gives, that's the tool you might say. It's this word of God that, uh, I don't view it as something that has to be kept pristine. It's a working document that my life is continually engaging. Now, if it, my kids are listening to this who are eight, six, and four, I just want to say, you, you got a ways to go before you're, you're ready for this. Put uh, the markers away, Emily. Y- yes, and in fact, my the Bible I have, there is a section. Fortunately, it's in the book of Numbers that my <laughs> granddaughter, when she was about four, got a hold of with a marker. And... Managed She's to just do trying some to be like grandpa. Pretty serious damage to that part of the Bible, yeah, but fortunately, it's in a chunk of the Bible. It's not exactly front and center every that's day. So, uh, uh, I do a couple of things. Nan and I, as a couple, uh, we frequently read a little. It's a little collection of of different scripture excerpts called Daily Light for the Daily Path. It's an old. I think it was done in the nineteenth century. It'll gather together six or eight one-liners, completely out of context. I mean, it's not 
contextual exegesis of the text, but it's thematically organized. And we'll often just read that on the fly or read it right before bed, uh, just to grab a, a, a simple thought to, to hold in mind. I, I am persuaded that it is the scripture passage, typically a one-liner, that you revisit in your head, in your heart, in your memory, before you go to sleep, as you're driving in the car. It's the thing that you revisit that actually makes a difference in your life. Uh, that then when you're stressed, uh, there's a difficult situation you're walking into, it, it's there. It reminds you that there's a God who we are meant to relate to. There's a God who speaks to us, a God who has promises. He promises to be with us. And his word and his living Holy Spirit, unseen, present, work together. In terms of more straightforward Bible reading, uh, the Nan and I, uh, again, typically get together every day. Uh, we'll read maybe like a 10 to 15 verse chunk. And uh, it ranges... Th- uh, widely in the scripture, we're not afraid if we're both feeling like this is really not a day I want to be in Second Kings. We'll we'll violate our our quote plan and we'll go read the beginning of Philippians and or go read a Psalm. Um, I'm scandalized, but keep going. I know we just we violate the rules that it. Um, I love the Old Testament history, but the Old Testament history demands a different level of thought to make application. Yeah, it's, it's revelatory of who God is, what he's like, and what people ought to be like in response to him and what they aren't. But a passage from the Psalms, a, a Pauline epistle, a little snippet from the life of Jesus where he connects with some living, struggling, uh, half-baked human being, those tend to have a more immediate relevancy. And uh, Especially at the snippet level, too, I would think, where I feel like for... From my experience, more often in the Old Testament narrative sections, you you know, five any five verse section is not likely to be the thing in and of itself that is the yeah. leaps out at me. I, I more often need three chapters. Yes, and because in those three chapters, you'll see the hand of the living God. Right. It's unfolding. A redeemer and a judge unfolding in real life. Right. So, right. I am very committed to reading scripture for it to be personal. I think it's a great pitfall to read scripture just to study, just because you have to teach, just because you have to preach or something like that. Um, I Maybe I'll segue. It, it, it's not just what I read, but what I bring to it. And that scripture comes to life when it's this intersection between what's going on and my life and who God is and what he says. Um, a really simple example that I have, I have probably revisited innumerable times over the decades. Uh, Philippians 4, 5, and 6. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. We all know it. it uh, what makes it not just nice advice but makes it come to life is when I can say, Lord, here are the things that I'm anxious about today. Here's the things that I, instead of it's this command that's meant to snuff out honesty, it's actually a command that invites honesty. You know, what are the pressure points? Where are the 
the places I know I'll be stretched? What are the, is there a difficult interaction or am I, am I tired from last night? Or I didn't have a good night's sleep, but I'm going into a long day. Well, I need, I need things. I need God's help. And that intersection between life as live today and the living God and what he, who he is to us and his love and what that means, what it means to trust him. It's that personal connect where you might say, quote unquote, devotional life or quote unquote, quiet time is actually 50% about the Bible and 50% about my life. Or maybe you could say it's a hundred, a hundred. And because I'm wanting to, to bring who I am to who he is. Let me let me jump off what you're saying and, and segue into a second question that I want to ask you. But one thing, um, one thing that I, I I find is fairly uncommon, and I myself find difficult but incredibly beneficial and rewarding is actually bringing the Lord my own experience when when specifically in reading the Bible when my wrestling is I'm having trouble with this passage, mm-hmm. you know, and and the the revelation it's been to me um, to realize that I can actually bring him that difficulty as well. Yeah, I can fact, speak I think, to him, interact with him over these things, and that's what's intended. I think that's one of the elemental things we bring. And I have been so struck that here's Psalm 119. It's 176 verses about our encounter with the God of Scripture, the God who speaks. And the three most common Request. It's full of prayers. And the three most common intercessions are, teach me. Help me to understand. Make me understand this and make me alive to this. And so in effect, what's going on here, I can read the words and there they are. And they say all these lovely things and they point you to the God who speaks. And yet 30 times in that prayer, you might paraphrase it. I can read the words in black and white on the page you must make it alive to me. You must make me alive to who you are. Uh, make me understand. Teach me. So what you're saying is exactly right. And it's a great starting point where scripture seems dull or my life seems disconnected from God. Or confusing or disappointing yeah. or condemning or help me. places a burden on me that I don't feel like I can bear. Yeah, help me, Lord. I had, I had that experience with, with Revelation 6 in my devotional time this morning, which I, I shared about in our, our group prayer time at, at CCF. It just, I came to a passage and I read and I said, this is not feeling like good news. And it was precisely wrestling with my experience of this passage is not helping me that ultimately then led to some, some fruitful and exciting insights about both God's holiness and his kindness and gentleness. And ultimately and, his mercy. And rescue yeah. and mercy. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me, put the question slightly more pointedly to you, um, and, and perhaps you would say you've already answered this, but knowing you, I bet you would say, well, that's one answer. Let me give you four more. Um, but but how do you handle it when you're trying to personalize your experience with Scripture? You're trying to come bring your life and bring Scripture 100-100 into contact, and, and it doesn't seem to be clicking. It is one of those days. Mm-hmm. You're in Second Kings, and it's dry. It, it's not, uh, for whatever reason, you find yourself... Um, bumping into a text and nothing seems to be quickly spilling out. Mm. Uh, what, what's your experience? Yeah, of that? Well, I, or maybe that's s- never happened to you. you no, let me say things. two completely contradictory things. Uh, the first one is sit with the text and seek God and ponder. I think your experience you mentioned a moment ago is not uncommon where on a first read, 
it's either strange or is it really relevant or maybe it's it just seems to not connect. Well, sit with it for a while. If you're reading a genealogy from the beginning of, of First Chronicles, there may not be any aha moment yeah, <laughs> that happens, but God's Word is about life and about people and about a Redeemer and about how it all connects. So, so my first thought is sit with it and do the very kinds of seeking God himself to help me to understand this. Uh, that will often bear fruit that you're completely surprised at how something at a first read uh, seemed kind of blah uh, by the second or third read. It just is electrifying. Uh, and then the second uh, comment is the exact opposite, is feel free to go somewhere else in, in Scripture. There are, I think most of us have certain go-to passages, and there's always a danger that you just go to your go-tos, but those go-tos are, are there for a reason. And uh, if nothing else is clicking, I, without fail, I can get traction from Psalm 23 and Psalm 103 and Psalm 40, and Psalm 25, and Philippians 4, and 2 Corinthians 1, and it's the Beatitudes, et cetera, et cetera. There, there are certain passages of Scripture that have, they are so universally applicable to our daily lives that I, I can be unashamed to abandon my reading plan and go somewhere more familiar on a day, because I, I know I need the bread of life. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, some of those words, I, I happen to not be personally fond of Brussels sprouts, so some of those words may seem like Brussels sprouts on a certain day, and if I need to go get something that's a, a nice bowl of, you know, a nice grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup, uh, I'm perfectly willing to shift gears. And, and a lot of that's just recognizing God is a person. He's, he's alive. We're not wed to a reading plan. A reading plan is a, t plan is a tool helping me to access the living God who speaks. Fry him up with bacon. Uh, it's really made a big difference to my experience of Brussels sprouts. You might be surprised. But um, a, a question, and, and then maybe one last uh, slightly broader question. Uh, specifically, as you're talking about don't be afraid to go somewhere else. Would would that be a, um, you know what? The plan calls for 2 Kings 7 and 8 today, but I'm going to Philippians 4. Uh, or is it, the plan calls for 2 Kings 7 and 8, so I read 2 Kings 7 and 8, and I'm just, you know, like the Brussels sprouts aren't aren't smelling very good, and I'm, I'm just going to go to Philippians 4, and that's where I'm going to actually find the, the locus of my time with the Lord. Or, uh, okay, now I'll sound like I'm totally contradicting my previous two <laughs> points because you're adding another option, and I'll, I'll put in yet another one. I read Second Kings 7 and 8, and lo and behold, I find after 20 years of regularly reading through the Bible at the chunk level, the bigger chunks and not just the verse level, I'm different in a way that is really hard to quantify. It's, it's very similar to... Uh, I've been a Christian for 40, going on 43 years. How many hundreds of sermons have I heard? I can remember specifically only a few of them. But there's this cumulative, subliminal effect of the way that God works. That um, So go read 
go read those chapters and, and whether or not you turn to somewhere else. Um, yep. There's something that just builds as you understand God's yeah. ways. Yeah. Last question then, David. You, um, one thing that is a, a constant refreshment to me personally is talking to you about scripture. And I, I appreciate how many times in talking to you or as you speak about your life and your experience of reading or a particular experience, it is, it is clear that there are just numerous places in scripture that are your places. They have become yours. And as you just put it a moment ago, I, I don't, there are certain places like Psalm 23 and 103 and 40 and Philippians 4 where there's always going to be traction there for me. And I have developed a relationship with the Lord and through various disciplines and tools, relationships mm-hmm. with reading his scriptures that have given me some of those touch points that uh, are, are, are reliably going to be a blessing to help my heart engage. And I, I appreciate and find that an enormously beneficial thing to hear and sort of drink in from, from being around you. Um, how would you encourage someone who listens to this podcast and is saying right now, like, must be nice to have those touch points. Must mm-hmm. be great to have a relationship with scripture where at least you had somewhere you could go when second Kings seven and eight was dry. What if you're more on the front end of that experience or have banged your head against scripture for a long time and, and struggle to have those places? Yeah. Uh, what, would, what would be your, I, I know there is no silver bullet here. Here's how you develop eight magic spots in scripture that will never fail to it's make not, you happy. No, yeah. yeah. It doesn't but, work that way. How, how would you speak though to someone who felt like I don't have those, sure. those touch points? I, there's a lot of directions we could come. I'll, I'll mention one. One of the ways scripture works that is tailor-made by God, the Holy Spirit, to meet us is there, there are many ways that scripture speaks that I think of as the equivalent of uh, bedroom slippers with no backstrap. They fit any foot. Uh, <laughs> so something that says, for example... Uh, God comforts us in all our afflictions so that we become able to comfort those in any affliction with the comfort we ourselves are comforted. It doesn't say a single thing about what particular hard thing are you facing today, but guaranteed there's something that's hard that's in every single day for every single person. You could be being afflicted by your own temper. You could be being afflicted by expectations and responsibilities that seem impossible. You could be being afflicted by a loved one who's sick. There is always an affliction, and it's going to map. But it's going to take some time, some reflection, some thought, some seeking of God, and then wrestling through what, how is it that God actually comforts us in the things that are hard in our lives? And that passage I just cited from 2 Corinthians 1 is a starting point, but there's all kinds of psalms that are different kinds of starting points. And the thing that's going po- to to be able to populate, say, a word like affliction or a word like trouble or a word like foolishness with you, to be able to populate it with your own life experience, there's no way that that passage can't start to become relevant. Because it really is, the, even though written to people very different from you in a very different life circumstance, it's actually about you as well in, a, in an applicational way. So mm-hmm. I, I'm so struck by the Psalms that they very rarely give you the details. The, the he said, she said of 2 Kings 7 and 8, you know, 
But um, what they do give you are these trajectories of human experience that allow you to, to bring your own life into, into that part of Scripture. Mm. I suppose a final thought on my side would just be, I'm struck that if you're really, if you're really struggling to find touch points in Scripture, um, having the Psalms be a frequent place to go. I mean, even if even if any particular Psalm hasn't yet become yours, um, getting into the rhythm of watching somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Psalms, like you said, they they don't bring the specific details. It was Tuesday morning, you know. 792 BC and I was out walking near Jericho it's you know it's it's this much more uh, universals of human experience put poetically and put grippingly and put personally but but such an invitation to bring your your own details into the psalm is probably easiest of anywhere to start in the psalms yeah. and so if you're and they're designed that way right you're you're, you're yeah. listening in on somebody who's doing the thing you're trying to learn to do with all of scripture yeah. the psalms wouldn't be a bad place to mm-hmm. to start if you were really wrestling in that direction. And one little small tip on that, uh, translations aren't infallible. And there's a lot of translations that are kind of clunky and they don't read like real English. And so if the sentence doesn't read like real English, again, feel free to change the sentence into something that sounds like the way you would talk. So yeah. if something says, Lord, uh, unless you hear me, uh, uh, I, I will perish and go to join the dead. If that's not how you talk, then to say, Lord, I am really struggling, and I feel like I'm going to die if, if you don't hear me. Help me. Yeah. And take it and make it talk the way you talk. Yeah, put it in your because that's words. actually how the Hebrew is talking. Yeah, we just have a hard time always translating it into the idiom of our own of our own conversation. Yeah. Well, David, it is always a pleasure to sit and talk, especially when the subject is scripture and life. And I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, at the conference uh, you and others uh, reflecting on how do we bring these things together well. So appreciate you taking the time and uh, looking forward to doing it again soon. My pleasure, Alistair. As always, when we do a podcast, I like to suggest resources that might be helpful to you if you've found the conversation profitable. And today, the resource I want to make available is actually another one of the podcasts, specifically one that I did with David some time ago, on his reflections on why Psalm 103 has been so significant to him. We'll put a link to this on our page next to today's episode, uh, ccef.org slash podcast. And as always, if you've got questions or thoughts or comments for us, we always appreciate hearing from you. You can email us at podcast at ccef.org. Till next time, blessings. Blessings.